3: Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a beat poet. Name, name your, name your price. Ah, a tool, an idea, an inspiration to do more than just say what you want to pay. Oh, no, but to see the options that could
0: fit your budget. Steve, Steve, enough bongos.
3: Find car insurance that fits your budget at Progressive.com.
0: Makes me want to dance.
3: Steve! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited
2: by state law. goes against the multi-entry that we're going to be talking yeah, about yeah exactly <laughs> you know, the guys i'm toning it down this weekend yeah, we we'll
1: have three lineups actually yeah
3: this is a fantasy soccer podcast from rotowire.com your premier source for fantasy sports for player news projections EFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird and Skylar Redpath.
1: Welcome everyone to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of com. I am joined today by Skylar Redpath, and only Skylar, JD's taken the day off after uh, attending the U.S. Open Cup Final last night, um, which was a quite a soggy affair, I think. And uh, Sporting Kansas City took home—is it their second in four years? Did I see that correctly, Skyler?
2: Yeah, second in four years, yeah. and add in the MLS Cup, and I yeah. think that's their third trophy in four. So yeah, there you go, nice little run.
1: Um, so JD will uh, skip you this week, but don't worry, everyone, he will be back. But since we have Skyler alone this week, we're gonna start to try to get a little behind the curtain from (laughs) uh, Mr. Multi-Entry, at least of the guys that we have on the podcast, you certainly uh, build a few more lineups than we do. And I think uh, some of our listeners just have some some questions about how uh, it all started and kind of how you deal with that many lineups. So when you started playing DFS, did you you go in with Multi-Entry right away, or is it something that over time you said— uh, maybe I should start playing a little more and, and see what happens.
2: Yeah, definitely didn't go in with that mindset. Um, I think as is with anything that's new, you kind of just feel your way around at first, and that was me. Um, I probably started playing daily maybe three years ago, um, started with NBA. And, yeah, just I think maybe after playing for a certain period of time and seeing some of the same names, at the top of the leaderboards um and then kind of
1: literally the same names over and over again
2: <laughs> right yeah and kind of seeing how some of these guys um would build their lineups and some of the guys that are known to to multi-entry as well um i kind of you know at some point then i, I think i said let's try it out and see how it goes and definitely had some ups and downs and took a little while to kind of get my groove but i think i'm at the point now where I'm comfortable with, with, you know, fairly regularly, fairly often, pretty much every weekend, um, pumping in multiple entries. Um, so yeah, it's, it was really just kind of observing and seeing how other guys did it and seeing how successful you could be. Um, really just seeing, you know, kind of that dollar sign (laughs) popping up in my head, like, wow, these guys are, running like 10 team trains and eating up, you know, first through 10th place, which obviously in some of the top heavy GPPs, then you can, you can uh, take home a pretty hefty haul in one night. Yeah. I think, uh, it's uh,
1: worth saying that it's, it's definitely a strategy that a seasoned player should consider. It's certainly not something that somebody who's starting out should try to just jump in and do it because, um, it's just you know if if you don't get it right away it's a you can lose a lot of money doing it because right um you know just based off of volume you've got a decent amount uh, going every night obviously the upside is there because you know that's why people do it but
2: right and um, I think that's part of it too is just uh, building the bankroll up to where I felt okay with with multi-entering to mm-hmm. where I could say you know if I'm going to enter certain say a hundred dollars worth of lineups tonight then. Maybe that was a hundred bucks I made last weekend, more than I was expecting to, and just might've wanted to try something else, try yep. something new, try a new strategy. So yeah, it's definitely, you know, it takes some bankroll management and you can't be reckless with, uh, just throwing entries out there and thinking something's going to stick because it really, really still takes, uh, a lot of thought and a lot of, uh, research and just staying on top of, uh, you know, starting lineups and and weather and just everything. It's it's, uh, a lot of factors to consider. And when you've got so many lineups going, you really have to be on your game and you have to be on top of things or else things can fall apart pretty quick. Yeah,
1: you made a great point uh, on last week's podcast about how uh, there are some people who will throw in a lineup and then kind of don't even look at it so that you're not checking, uh, lineups when they come out and, you know, we're playing for money. And if you want to win money here, you got to put in, you know, some effort. There's, you know, everybody is kind of going with this, whether, uh, DFS is, you know, skill or chance and all of this, but it's very clear that the, the guys who are continually successful in this put a ton of work into it. Um, And not just because of volume, but, you know, there's a lot of just research and and everything that goes into it. So when you, um, so when you have, or you, excuse me, when you look at a slate, do you kind of have an idea of how much, how many lineups like you have in your head of I'm going to play 50 lineups today? Or, you know, or do you kind of start building the lineups and then say, I think I have something here? Like, how does that process work in terms of uh, figuring out the volume per week?
2: Yeah, usually it's uh, kind of just sport-dependent for MLS in specific. Then I pretty much uh, max my entries out across the board. Um, If it's a full slate, if it's a two- or three-game slate, I'd probably scale it back. But um, my strategy has always been to to say if there's like 50-team max entry, then in my head I'm I'm saying okay I'm either gonna have uh, five teams that or five lineups that I enter ten times and you know that's basically saying I'm I'm really hoping that I hit at least two or three of those lineups in the money and when I do then I'm gonna eat up twenty to thirty positions in the money right so it's either that and just really honing in on those five lineups, tweaking them to where I feel really comfortable with rolling that many lineups out. And then, or it's, uh, maybe even taking a step further if, if I, if I have the time, um, and maybe making say 10 lineups and putting, putting five entries in for each lineup. Mm -hmm. So yeah, usually I'm, I'm pretty set on trying to tackle as many entries as I can get in and then maybe running some trains, uh, just depending on how much time I've got to work with. Can you explain the, the train process? Yeah, it's uh, basically you're. if I'm entering a lineup and I feel really good about it, then I want to enter it another time, maybe times 5 or 10. So it's the same exact lineup. Um, if I finish in first place, then I also finish second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. <laughs> right, <laughs> seventh, day. so you get the point, um so yeah, uh running a train can be pretty pretty deadly, um especially if if you're uh in the money and then you've got somebody coming up behind you that's got five of the same entries, um you know, you could go from winning a thousand bucks to winning a hundred really quick if yeah. that train catches up to you and, and leaps you because they're gonna eat up all the money so. Um it's been successful for me thus far. I've definitely had some nights where it just hasn't worked out and I end up eating it. Um definitely not fun, but it's all part of it and for me it seems like the good outweighs the bad and if I have two really good nights and that's going to you know it's going to uh, outweigh any of the bad nights that I have. So that's how I've uh, approached it thus far in the season.
1: Okay. Uh you said last week that you start every lineup by just plugging Jovinko in and <laughs> trying to work around that. Right. Uh, I'm looking at this week's slate. Jovinko has hit the $14,000 mark, which I don't think I've ever seen on DraftKings. I could be wrong. The only guys yeah, I would think... maybe like Ronaldo or Messi. I was going to say Ronaldo and Messi are the only ones that I could think of that would get that high. And yeah. they were in the th- low 13s, I think, for this week's uh, Champions League stuff, although Messi didn't even play. But... Um, so you start with Jovinko. What's the next step? Do you try to build the guys the lower guys around to say I can you know, I I need three minimum price guys to fit Javinko around or how are you how are you fitting him in this week?
2: Right. This week I really like Javinko even though he's that high priced. It's uh his matchup is the best one on the board. Um, he's playing Philadelphia Phil. yeah. at home, who Like you just mentioned, went 120 minutes against Sporting Kansas City, lost in a penalty kick shootout in what was probably their season. I mean, they don't. I don't think they're fighting for a playoff spot. So I
1: think they were actually, or maybe it was Chicago. One of them was the first team eliminated.
2: Yeah, they're on the brink. So and and after such an emotional game, um, not taking home the the trophy, and then going to Toronto. (laughs) Yeah, at home. Then going to Toronto a few days later where toronto on the other hand is fighting for a playoff spot it's just all the signs are adding up for a big toronto win so i'm gonna find a way to get Giovinco in this weekend he's my top play as per usual so from there i'll usually i'll usually go to my back line and try to pick out which goalkeeper and which defense i want to focus on um, lately it's usually been immediately clicking on uh harrison I'm awful mm-hmm he was pretty he's expensive been, this week. <laughs> yeah, he's actually jumping up in price. I think he's up to 5000 5, maybe. maybe. Yeah. So he's been a um, really consistent crosser, and he's usually good for at least seven points, regardless of defensive points, which uh, Crew is not known for.
1: No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I'll usually try to go ahead and get my back line figured out and then go from there, um, see how much money I've got per player. And, you know, there's a few guys, once you've played for long enough, there's a few guys that you know you can kind of count on for a certain batch of points that you can pretty much build your lineup around and then hope that one or two of those guys goes off. And, um, you know, I think I mentioned, like, David Com has been one of those guys for me this season. Even uh, guys like Kakuta Mane and even, like, Earlier in the season, I think we were talking about Carlos Rivas. That's a guy that's pretty kind of – I don't know. He's kind of under the radar, and at the same time, he's really consistent just picking up a lot of the points without scoring goals or assists. So nice floor. Yeah, and he usually hovers around 5,500 or 6,000. So when you're talking about trying to find room for Giovinco, then a guy like Rivas is – you know, he's golden to try to, to make it work. So yeah, I mean, for me it's it's usually the, the Giovinco and then the defense and then from there it's just piecing it together and obviously I'm gonna have multiple entries so I'm gonna be tweaking things across each lineup and I don't just I don't just make a lineup and then just just say, Hey that's it. Like I'll probably make a lineup, maybe take a break from that one, move on to the next one do some things with it and then might get some ideas for the other lineup that I had just finished up building and go back to that one and then move some things around like I'm constantly uh shifting things around usually right up until rosters lock
1: which you which we've kind of discussed with MLS is not even the end of it because lineups kind of come out throughout the the evening for right um the Saturday slate at least so
2: yeah, that's the tough part is I yeah. you know, I'll do all this uh, research and work on the front end, kind of get my lineup set in stone and feeling really good about them. And then, of course, uh, lineup comes out and it's just completely different than right. <laughs> what I was expecting. So,
1: How often uh, do you find yourself uh, not so much taking guys out uh, because they're not starting, but you find somebody else is in and you say, I've got to go target that guy? Like, I'm, th- I'm thinking of, um, like, Chris Clouty for earlier this season when, uh, whenever, cause we'd always kind of talked about how he was a good play and he he was struggling to get starts, and then all of a sudden you see him in there. Do you ever kind of s- change that way as opposed to, you know, you're starting, um, I'm trying to think of somebody who would be reasonably benched, but, you know, Josie's the one that comes to mind, but he probably isn't in a ton of lineups, but, when you're like, oh, I got to take him out. Is it is is that where a lot of the lineup lock uh, issues come from, or is it guys you didn't expect to be starting are starting and you jump on them?
2: Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, you know, like the Cludie thing. He was so cheap. Um, I think he's around twenty four hundred on DraftKings, and that's to the point where it's like he's saving you so much money, even if he just gets a point or two. Like it makes it almost makes it worth it. Just to have that extra salary. Um, but yeah, it's, it also works the other way. Like if I see, I think a few weeks ago, Michelle started for FC Dallas and he's a guy that anytime he's playing, then I'm usually going to roll him out just because mm-hmm. he's got so much upside to him. And when I saw that he was in, I pretty much plugged him in across the board, all my lineups. I think I just went ahead and uh, I don't know who it was. I did a global player swap and just put Michelle in for him. Um, and it worked out really well. He ended up with like 30 points or something. So it was, I remember that game had a, uh, pretty massive night. Um, and it was really, I think it was really mostly due, due to, uh, getting Michelle in. I mean, that's a, you know, it's one of those guys that for me, it's, he usually has a floor of about five or six might have might sputter out and have a, a really bad, you know, two or three point game, but his price is to where you can take that risk and throw him out there. And, you know, he might have a game like a 30 point game where he scores a goal off a corner kick and mm-hmm. gets an assist. And I think he even takes penalty kicks sometimes for FC Dallas. Mm-hmm. So, thing with him is you just his playing time is so unpredictable. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the, the sharks out there know the guys to hone in on, and that they know the guys that if you see him in a starting lineup, especially in a favorable lineup, then you're going to roll them out regardless. And uh, that's just one of those things that you got to really be on top of and follow the right sources and redo your homework and kind of know who to, who to play and win. So that one worked out for me that night. Do you
1: think the end of season kind of playoff push makes it easier or harder um, to build lineups or does it not really matter? Like, there are some no, guys, some teams yeah, who definitely are... definitely harder. Definitely harder, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's harder. I mean, it's a weekend like this one. There's maybe two or three games I'm I'm probably going to be honing in on. I mentioned the Toronto FC. Uh, Philadelphia game, definitely think Toronto's in a good spot there. And I also think Portland, um, playing the team that, that uh, beat Philadelphia in the U.S. Open Cup, um, supporting KC, I think they're going to be probably rolling out some reserves again, which actually worked out okay for him last weekend. Right, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think Portland needs this game um, really bad, and I think they're probably going to go all out to get it. And mm-hmm. I think Kansas City probably has a little bit of wiggle room to to rest some players and maybe focus in on the next two or three weeks. So. Right.
1: So what, um, what percentage of your lineups are built before Saturday? Or let's say before – the first lineups are announced?
2: Um, I'd say maybe 75%. I'm pretty pretty much set. i pretty much got the bones in place. And uh, from there, it's just seeing what the lineups, how the lineups shake out and making some tweaks here and there once they do.
1: And so do you do that? So then the, the other 75%, when do you tend to build those? Right when the salaries are out? Or you mentioned today that, or just before the podcast, that you were ready to do it. Yesterday, after the Champions League was done, um, right?
2: Yeah, it's it really just goes back to kind of my schedule and my time, mm-hmm. my okay. timing. Um, this weekend, I'm going to be I'm actually traveling to Dallas for the the Dallas Houston game. I think I mentioned last podcast. Uh, I finished second in a uh, one of the DraftKings uh general manager for a day contest and happened to get an email the next day saying that the winner was un- unable to go so i was next in line and uh gonna be on my way to dallas this weekend so pretty pumped about that mm-hmm. um but yeah it's uh i've al- already kind of said i'm gonna go ahead and probably not have as much uh action going this weekend in light of that but wanted to go we should ahead. all go
1: very heavy yeah, go
2: for it. <laughs> this is the weekend to pounce. That's right. Um, but I wanted to go ahead and get a jump on my lineups, just since I'll be traveling this weekend, and just wanted to kind of go ahead and get a head start. Some weekends it might work out to where I'm, you know, really busy throughout the week and don't have a chance to sit down and look at everything until a couple hours before lineups lock, which isn't a bad thing. Sometimes, sometimes I think that's even better because um, you're able to really use that last two hours up until lineups lock to to do your research and tinker with your lineups. And, you know, it just, it's all kind of time dependent for me. Mm-hmm. So um, how many uh,
1: of your lineups are kind of unique? You said you do these trains where you'll take, you know, 10 or so, but you obviously must not have too many that are like, you can't have a hundred unique lineups cause you'll never be able to, kind of adjust those or right. or are you have some sort of machine and you can do that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Actually the, uh... the,
1: the tough thing about soccer is you pretty much only get an hour if you're lucky, uh, before kickoff to get a lineup. Uh the dynamo are traditionally very late, so if you want to do something about that on Saturday or Sunday, that'd be appreciative. But um right. the, it's not a lot of time. Like we baseball lineups come out hours before. Um NBA's a little hit or miss although you're only usually playing a handful of guys. So um, obviously the, the hour before kickoff has to be pretty crazy for you.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely mayhem. And it's uh, something that for me, then I do have, uh, you know, I'd say I may focus in on like two or three defenses and build around those. And then as far as like my forwards and, higher-priced players, uh, you know, I, other than Giovinco, then I'll probably uh, probably switch those guys in and out across those lineups. So say, for instance, if I have like a Toronto FC defense um, stack this weekend with Giovinco, then I'll probably probably plug that lineup in but then um, pair Giovinco with maybe one or two other guys at forward and flex and maybe mix my midfield up across maybe two more of those lineups, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, same thing for, uh, like Portland. Then I might have a Portland sack with, uh, their keeper and maybe a defender and maybe Harrison, a fool. And then, uh, maybe try to, if I can squeeze it, may try to stick a Portland guy with a Giovinco or, uh, maybe like a Kai Kamara, somebody that I think is going to score a goal. So yeah, it's, uh, for me, it's just, it's it's a lot of uh, switching players in and out of different positions. So in my head, if I've got a player's price point and I know that I've already got a, a lot of exposure to them, then I kind of know which players are in that price range. If I want to stick a guy in and say, well, if, com flops he's 7800 then I'm gonna stick amaraqua in for a com and have some amarqua giovinco lineups instead of uh instead of going all in on giovinco at mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so it's just it's a lot of uh, moving guys around and just looking at lineups and knowing what I've already got and trying to build from there and uh, I really don't want to get caught with too much exposure to any one player because, I mean, they're humans. Like you don't want to see it, but guys go out. Are we sure, Jevon, is first... human. <laughs> yeah, he's might... <laughs> superhuman. Yeah, <laughs> there you uh, go. But guys go out. You know, they go at, go out injured first five ten minutes of the game, and then you're left with a goose egg. And you know? if you've yeah. got a hundred lineups, and you've got that same guy in all one hundred lineups, and you're probably not gonna cash, or if you do, it's you're maybe breaking even if that mm-hmm. so I try to be mindful of that and not have too much exposure to one player if I do then it's usually Giovinco. Um, but I'm pretty keen on like players that are in the same price range that I'm building lineups around and trying to switch those guys in and out how do you
1: keep track of your lineups like, like how do you know how much exposure you have to a player do you are you literally just looking at the at an endless lineup screen on DraftKings or do you keep it separately where you can see exactly how many lineups you have a com in or or someone like that
2: yeah really just taking a look at the big board mm-hmm. um, DraftKings in specific has a really good lineups screen to where you can kind of see I don't know maybe even nine just depending on your screen size sure. and what you're looking at, you can maybe see nine to 12 of your lineups at the same time. So if I've got five unique lineups, then I'm really able to just look at them and kind of just pan the lineups and see, oh, well, I've got too much of this guy. I've got him in four of my five lineups. Like I'm going to swap him out and put somebody else in, in that same price range that I may not be quite as high on as far as having a big day, but sometimes those are the plays that you know you're not thinking of and stick a guy like uh you know Fernando Adi in instead of like a BWP and some like we saw over the weekend BWP uh pretty much flopped against Mm -hmm. Orlando City and Adi had two goals so yeah it's really just I'll look at the lineups page and pan the lineups kind of see where I'm at with each player and um that's one thing I think for me that's been huge is just be, get, getting familiar with certain sites and how their lineups page works and sure. how their player swaps work and how their import exports work. Like it took a little while for me to get to the point where I was really confident in playing that many entries because I do feel good about, especially with DraftKings, I feel good about their, all of their lineup features. Like I think it's, I think they've got the best lineup features as far as being able to multi-entry mm-hmm. of any site out there. And um, once I got to that point, to where I felt confident like using those tools, then that was it for me. Like I'm, I feel like I can. Uh, e- I've, I think I even told you uh, there's one night where my power, where the power went out at my house, and I had to pick up my phone and go to the DraftKings app and edit probably about a hundred lineups. With my with the DraftKings app, and I was still able to do that and have a decent night. Mm-hmm. And probably a matter of like this was at lineup block, so it was an hour or less, yeah, tops. <laughs> and it was it was tough, but that's the type of thing that I'm going back to. You just you've got to be familiar with their uh, kind of every tool at your, that you've got at your disposal. Like you've really got to be familiar with it and kind of on top of it, and be ready to use any tool that you've got. At any given moment, because you never know when the power is going to go out, and you've got to use an <laughs> app to edit 100 lineups.
1: Right, <laughs> right, exactly like that. Uh, what's your research process like? Like, how do you uh, when you sit down and say, "I'm all right. I'm going to do some work this week to figure out my lineups." Like, what's that? How do you start?
2: Yeah, I'm kind of fortunate because I uh, write articles for a uh, few different sites. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's really part of my research is just. Um, as I'm writing that article, then I'm already doing research as it is, just to to come up with my plays and my picks for those pieces. So kind of fortunate there. I think it's uh, doing research as I'm doing research, if that <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So as I'm doing research for my articles, I'm also processing bits of information to build my lineups around. And usually, when I'm writing my articles, and I'm I'm building lineups um as it is just so i can kind of see how players work in and who you can work in at certain price points who you can pair together at certain price points so a lot of it is that for me just because that takes up a lot of time as it is just to get those articles turned out Mm -hmm. so it has it almost has to be like that has to be my kind of my research time is uh while i'm doing the research for the articles.
1: Where are all the places you're writing now?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm writing for MLS Soccer dot com. Just direct for for the league. They of course just had their recent signed a recent uh, deal with DraftKings, so they're partners now, and they're uh, they're really pushing the game. Got a lot of cool stuff going on. I think prize pools are starting to increase, and they're offering some cool prize packages like the one that I just took down. Right. <laughs> so. Um, and then also, of course, um, doing the rankings and podcasts here at RotoWire, And then I do the DraftKings playbook on game days for DraftKings.
1: Yeah, I'd say those are all pretty good spots for doing research.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, all, uh, all great to, to write for, and I've enjoyed it so far. This is the first season that I've been doing it just since MLS has kind of finally uh, gotten into the DFS game. Um, before this season, there's a site that, uh, I'm not sure how many people might know of it, but statclash.com mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was actually the first to offer MLS. So that was where I got my, my, uh, MLS DFS start it was on Stat Clash, StatClash, And that was nice. Yeah. And that was interesting because it was really like, you know, there might've been one, there might be one or two guys each weekend that I knew were going to be that I would be playing against it was the same guy week in week out (laughs) so it was kind of like uh you know I might win a $25 head-to-head this week and then he gets me the next week and a little back and forth um but it was fun and it was it kind of just uh got me I think got me in the right mind frame for when MLS hit uh Mondo goal and DraftKings and um just I was super excited when I when I saw that MLS was finally on DraftKings, Mm -hmm. so um, finally a a little bit of uh, bigger prize pools and something to to get excited about, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I think the the kind of prize packs, like the one that you uh, took down, I think will be good in getting new people in just because that stuff's kind of fun to win, and you don't see that on a lot of sites, so obviously – not all of them are going to be able to do it because DraftKings has the the deal with Major League Soccer, but I think that's kind of an underrated thing. Mondo Gold did that last year. I remember they were giving out uh, you know jerseys and tickets, and I think those are things people want to play for, also as opposed to just cash. Makes it a little more fun. But
2: yeah, I think we'll start to see more of it too. I think we'll this is just the beginning, and I think we're going to start seeing stuff like you said, like jerseys and game balls, stuff mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. like being part of the the prize hall that you can win not just cash
1: yeah uh how much do you watch your lineups while games are going on
2: um just depends man it's uh i'm a father of five (laughs) so um i tried to of course uphold my my father family duties first and foremost so i could be uh changing a diaper, but might have my, uh, my phone nearby and <laughs> hitting, hitting refresh as I'm, uh, grabbing a diaper, <laughs> right? <laughs> something. So no, it's, uh, I'm, you know, I'm pretty in tune with what's going on. Um, just throughout the night, like we talked about, it's especially with MLS, the schedules like this weekend, first game's at four and the last game's not until nine 30. So um, in my head, then I know like I'm going to have to have everything set at four kind of just, if I definitely know when I wanna have Giovinco or anybody else from that first game, I've got to make sure I've got him in then. And then at that point, the next game is not until six. So, um, say for instance, whatever, like dinner or anything else right. going on, like then I know in my head kind of, okay, well I'm going to be, I've got about an hour buffer or hour and a half. And then I'm going to get back at it and kind of see what's going on in that first game and make some adjustments based on the lineups that just came out for the next batch of games. So yeah, it's an all night thing. And it was, uh, just, it's, yeah, it's one of those things like I think at first, um, especially being a family man, it was kind of difficult just trying to juggle that time because it is, it does eat up pretty much half a day, even a full day sometimes. Um, but it got to the point where it was you know week in week out um it's you know it's, it's worth it for me to mm-hmm. spend that much time and see this kind of success that I was seeing and try to make it try to make it work so it's worked out and it's one of those things that I'm just going to be I'm probably going to keep on trying to uh finish the season strong so yeah
1: um, Chris Liss wrote does his uh writes about his daily baseball lineups every day and he has always been adamant i don't know if he actually practices it but he preaches not not watching lineups because or not watching results because really once he plays on fan duel which doesn't have uh um uh was the term i'm looking for here <laughs> doesn't swap. have late swap thank you um so basically like once the first pitch you know he's done like there, there's nothing you can do about it but right. that, there's like, so this week we had Champions League, all of the matches were uh, 245 Eastern kickoffs. So, you know, there's no going in late to see what happens. So you could theoretically set your lineups and then not watch them anymore. I, right. I just I can't do it. wish that was it. the case. Yeah, I just can't <laughs> do it. I, I always have to look. But the yeah. problem with MLS is you're almost forced to look because the games are you know, the lineups are coming out all throughout the night. So whether yeah. you want to know what they are or not, you still have to go in in case there's somebody who, you know, is in your lineup and is now not playing.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's, uh, I actually, I guess it was Wednesday. Um, DraftKings had their big champions league mm-hmm. contest, And I think I was like third or fourth going into halftime. Wow. that and, feels good. yeah, I was sitting on, I don't know, it looked like 1500 or something like that. And, I thought I had a really good shot at catching up and and taking down first, so I just, you know, it was one of those things where, like you said, I didn't have anything else to do, so I couldn't make any adjustments to my lineup at that point. I just was like, I think I was at lunch, and I said, I'm not even going to watch the games or look at anything. I just, I didn't even want to sweat it. I went back to work. I just wanted to have a good, productive afternoon, so, and then I guess a few hours went by. I checked and uh, finished ninth, which wasn't bad, but. Yeah, it definitely uh, took a load off of just the nerves and not having to, not having to sweat it for yeah. that extra two hours and just be consumed with that. But MLS is a whole nother beast, right? Um, <laughs> because you do like I feel like there's probably so many players out there that enter lineups and um, it sounds funny, but like real life happens and you know people you know, they might want to go out and have fun, hang out with friends and this and that. And I do too. I mean, I get out whenever I can, but if you're entering, especially if you're entering high volume, it's really something that you've, you almost have to look at as a job Yeah, and for sure. you have to, uh, if you want to be successful, then you can't be reckless and you really have to baby it more or less and just, um, make adjustments where you have to. And sometimes it's just as easy as swapping in a player that's not in the starting lineup and i feel like there's so many players out there that probably especially with mls um probably don't do that and mm-hmm. it's a simple step just keeping up with uh starting lineups and injuries suspensions um yeah but, i say
1: playing is very easy but winning is very difficult yeah like you, there's you got to put the work in and yeah I almost feel like sometimes they make it sound too easy. um You know, we've all been bombarded with these commercials for during football season for mm-hmm. DraftKings and Fanduel and all. Although that's probably yet, but there, you know, there are literally dozens of other sites. They don't all do soccer, obviously, but you know, it's uh, you know, I turned three bucks into fifty grand, and it's like, well, you probably didn't, you know, do nothing to do that. <laughs> If right. I didn't pick just eight random people and you just happen to win, so um, you know there's obviously plenty of work that goes into this. That um, and that's even before you get to the multi-entry part of it. Mm-hmm. Where, um, yeah, you just got to stay on top of it. Like you said, we're playing for money, so you don't you want to make sure you don't just light it on fire.
2: <laughs> right.
1: But uh, I guess before we go, you mentioned earlier we'll we'll touch on this weekend slate uh, quickly. At least the Saturday one that I'm looking at here. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you really like Toronto and you really like Portland. Are there any right. other um, games or players that you're looking
2: at? Yeah, I think all these games are interesting in their own right. The Columbus New York game, you look at that and you, for me, that that screams goals. Goals, right? Yeah. But of course, like we've said so many times, it probably means it's going to, for whatever reason, end up zero zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I think it's. I think there's. Going to be goals, and I like Kai Kamara. I like Cletson uh, in that game.
1: Cletson's got very gotten very expensive. Yes, ninety 9, four hundred now, which is yeah. Uh,
2: it's going to be really yeah. He's it's going to be tough to to fit him in if you're playing Giovinco.
1: For sure, or Kai. Yeah, yeah. I wonder uh, if this is the week we you won't really be able to to get two of the upper level forwards if one of them is Giovinco.
2: Yeah, it's just it's a matter of if you really feel like is going to keep doing what he's been doing, which I just don't see any way that he doesn't yeah. in this in this setting for him. Like, it's... Well,
1: I think you tweeted just, it out, a few, or was it last week or two weeks ago, that he's had, what, three 40-point games?
2: Yeah. Is that what it was? I'm, like not sure. like he's I'm not sure anybody like Ronaldo. has that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's priced like Ronaldo, but he also... You know, gives the same return that that Ronaldo or Messi can. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else in MLS really has that upside week in and week out. So mm-hmm. I think the price is justified.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure anybody has that upside in in the absolute perfect matchup either.
2: Right. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna. Because Kyle Laren had I probably can. gotten close with his hat trick. Yeah. Yeah, that was the next game I was gonna touch on that Orlando Montreal both teams Orlando probably more so than Montreal but both teams really need three points to stay alive for the playoffs and Orlando's looked really good lately like Kyle Laren's going to make his way into some of my lineups this weekend mm-hmm. and Kaka looked amazing in his return yeah so let's see where he is he's yeah he's 10,500 um going to be tough to get him in again if you're playing Giovinco so Um, let's see New England at Chicago I really like New England but it seems like Chicago has been playing a little bit better since Mm -hmm. they got a new coach Um, like Portland and then that San Jose Vancouver game I don't know where to go with that one so probably going to be just focusing in on Toronto and Portland and then maybe also uh, sprinkling in some from the other from the uh, Orlando, New York or Orlando, Montreal and then New York Columbus
1: I saw Tierney hit 7,000. Wow. <laughs> I
2: didn't see that.
1: 7,000 for Tierney. I, I've i always like kind the, of... It's uh, pricing. Totally. And I don't even think Kolarov has gotten that high, but I always um, kind of look... I, I look at 4,000 as the cutoff between what a true cheap defender is. Right. And I'm not sure you're going to find any playable ones this week at under 4,000. the, the I feel like I went to the defender screen and I'm just endlessly scrolling and I still haven't hit four thousand thirty nine
2: hundred yet. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I will throw one out there now that you mentioned that, this has got me over here scrolling the defenders. But one that jumps out at me is Brick Shea. Yeah. Still listed as a defender, and like I said, my, our Orlando really needs this game. Yep. He's 45. playing higher up the field as a midfielder. Mm-hmm. So you have forty five hundred, like. He's probably going to be in a lot of my lineups this weekend. Okay. All right.
1: Um, well, thanks for pulling the curtain back a little bit because uh, I'm, I was certainly curious, and I think a lot of other people were just um, – it's not – obviously, it's not an easy way to play or else a lot of people would do it. And um,
2: Yeah, not for the fan of heart. Right, right. Definitely, uh, uh, you know, be ready to have the coffee going at 4 or 5 in the morning, some mornings <laughs> if uh, – you need that extra little bit of time to work on your lineups
1: <laughs> yeah so uh, thank you for doing that and yeah. um, hopefully we'll uh, get JD back next week we're kind of closing in I think they're only is it three weeks left
2: yeah I think we're weeks, down to a few four, weeks four left in regular so. season and then I'm yeah. sure we'll have some playoffs uh, playoff contests mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. play on so
1: nice nice alright
2: um, yeah it's well, been fun so far let's have a fun uh, fun end of the season there here. You go.
1: enjoy your trip this weekend Thanks. Um, I'm pretty jealous. That that sounds like a pretty awesome experience. So, um, yeah,
2: keep an eye out for me uh, field side. I think the I was going to say you're probably getting on TV, right? Yeah, I think it's on ESPN or ESPN two. So look for the uh, look for the dad with three little boys standing around. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> That'll be me if uh, you can spot me.
1: Well, um, good luck this weekend.
2: Yeah, good luck, everybody.
3: Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rodowire.com/slash soccer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.